It is awesome to be able to join with you guys here this morning, and um, I wanted to, oh, now it's lost me. Okay, cool, we're good, we're good. Um, I want to, to share with you guys, I was um, listening to a, a new worship album over the last week, has anyone listened to the um, uh, Old Church Basement by Elevation Worship? Like, I've been listening to that album, and there was a song on there, and you know sometimes you go through and like you find your favorite, and then there's some other songs, you're like, meh. But as I was playing it one day, I came back to one of the songs, and initially I was like, meh. And there was, there was part of the bridge, and I just, I couldn't shake it. I kept coming back to it, to it all week. And um, I wonder if, potentially, have we got a lot of I thought it was over. I thought it was done. But you always have the last word. And the last word is love. I thought it was over. God's incredible ability to radically change lives. I recently wrote this update on one of the churches that we're partnered with in Thailand that I want to read to you. Mong Tong Life Church was started over 20 years ago and is based in the north of Bangkok. With a population of over 10 million in Bangkok alone, 94% being Thai Buddhist, the need is huge. The church has steadily grown and seen many Thais come to faith in Jesus and become passionate about reaching those around them. Pastor Udom and his wife Penjai last year had Penjai's sister come and stay with them. She was a very staunch Thai Buddhist and persecuted Penjai relentlessly for her faith since she had become a Christian. After she was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, she asked if she could come and live with them because she knew that they would care for her. In this time, her heart softened significantly and Pastor Udom was able to lead her to Christ. She then had a radical transformation in her life and by the time she went to be with Jesus, was full of a joy and peace that they had never seen in her before. Her family wouldn't allow a Christian funeral in the church, but she had said she wanted Udom to do the funeral. This allowed him to speak freely about her faith in Jesus, lead them in a time of worship and celebration of her life, and share about the change Jesus brought in her, all while in a Buddhist temple. The family was really touched by this and the power of the gospel at the same time. Isn't that incredible? Just reminds me, we can't put our God in a box, right? And just last week, we got to baptize 17 people who wanted to spend the rest of their lives following Jesus. And there was such a mix of stories of how people had come to that point and why they were making a public declaration to follow Jesus. This week, I met with a friend that is on a journey as God is radically changing their life. The person that they were a year ago is so incredibly different to who they are now. I'm amazed at how these words ring true over and over again. I thought it was over. 
I thought it was done, but you always had the last word, and the last word is love. There are so many times in the Bible that it looked like it was over. It looked like it was done, but God was still working. The first one that came to mind was the story of Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman in John 4. As this outcast within her community gathered, gathering water in the heat of the day, Jesus breaks significant barriers to connect and share with her. She goes from being the woman who, for the rest of her life, thought she would live with her shame to being a carrier of life-changing hope to her community. Would she ever have guessed that God was going to use her situation of her five broken relationships to confirm that there really was a God who deeply loved and cared about her? And then choose to use her to bring a whole town to faith and then allow her story to be told as a beacon of hope for generations until Jesus returns. I thought it was over. I thought it was done. I think describes pretty well the feelings of the disciples after Jesus was crucified. It's over. It's done. They've actually killed him. But God wasn't finished because then there was a resurrection. But you always have the last word, and the last word is love. And the hope of humanity was changed forever. I reflect on the life of Stephen, and as he was stoned, an extraordinarily zealous young Jewish man watched on. It was over. It was done. But this young man was to have his life radically changed in the same way that Stephen did, to follow the same Jesus and go from being Saul to Paul and giving his life to see the gospel advanced across Europe and Asia. I know that there are so many of you here that have had moments, sometimes seasons, when you thought, this is it, it's over, I'm done. But Jesus... And you continually continue to walk faithfully with others, sharing the hope that you have found. It's great to talk about this hope that we have in Jesus and the way that he can radically transform lives. Often, though, it comes after standing and sitting in complicated, broken, and messy places with people. Am I right? But we see and we follow a Jesus who sat with people whose lives were at times really messy and complicated. And we know the power of when someone who has loved him has met with us in those places. And we find Jesus then calls us to do the same. Often in the before, in the background of an incredible story of a life radically changed, is a person who carried hope and they journeyed with them in messy and complicated places. We believe that God is calling us as a church to continue to journey with people, to see more lives radically changed by the power of Jesus. We have the resource, and there are the people, right? But how do we stand and sit well in complicated, broken, and messy places with people? Now, I'm not an expert, but I have journeyed with a few. And I know that and have talked with many of you that have done the same. And so I want to offer some musings and observations that I've found helpful, that I've either learned myself or learned from you guys. The first one, we stay focused on eternal things. 
what is the most important thing? Someone's eternal salvation. This helps us to keep in perspective the other things that can seem really significant at the time, but in the big picture, really aren't. And this helps with point two. Recognize we will want to quit. We will feel underqualified, and if you let the Holy Spirit lead, sometimes you will look around and wonder, how on earth did I get here? Have I got any friends that have ended up in those places? Number three, we remember that people's lives are messy. People's pain is real. God's love is redemptive and worth it every time. We remember we can't fix people. You too insightfully sings, have you come to minister to the lepers in your own head? We need Jesus to heal our lepers so we don't look for others to do it. We don't bail out early, but instead be faithful until he releases us and know God's blessing in doing so. That's a big one, right? Because there's some times when you want to walk away from some of the situations, and sometimes, sometimes God does release us from those places, but it's trusting in his release. We never underestimate the seeds we can plant. They will certainly outlast our lifetime. It's a biblical principle that sometimes we will till soil Sometimes we will plant seeds, sometimes we will be called to water, and sometimes to harvest. Understand the season and know that God is the one who causes the seed to grow. Above everything, we follow Jesus. Not leaders, not influencers, politicians, musicians, bosses, family, or even friends. How many of us literally go into apps now and click, click follow, 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 follow? But Jesus is above it all. We pray and seek God's hand in all that we do. We practice hospitality and generosity. We love our enemies, we walk humbly, we show mercy, and we point people to a loving Father. We keep turning up and we take people with us. It's really hard to do it by ourselves. Value friendships, be in community, take people with you, talk about what you're doing, and pray for people to come alongside you. Life shouldn't feel lonely. Remind ourselves that we don't know what is going to make a memory, and you never know what day or moment is going to be significant for someone. I often think at times when someone passes away, the memory that stands out doesn't always seem that significant at the time. Am I right? Sometimes those moments that are most important at the time, you're like, I don't think that would be so important later on. And we pray and we pray until God lifts the burden. If he places someone on our heart, if he wakes us up in the middle of the night, during the day we feel a heaviness for someone, then we pray and we pray until God lifts the burden. See, Jesus tells us that it was good for him to go and for this season to be with the Father because it meant that the Holy Spirit was released to us and that's a better thing. I shared on this a couple of weeks ago when we were at Taitapu and if you've got some questions around the Holy Spirit and his role, then I encourage you to have a listen there or to come and have a conversation about it. 
because we can become vessels of the Holy Spirit. And he is the one that brings the change. A friend who has been involved in significant occultic practices describes now when a Christian friend prays for them that suddenly the room feels really warm. And for days afterwards, there is a deep, lingering sense that they're going to be okay. I just think that's amazing. You know, we can't do that within ourselves. But the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to someone where they're at and what they need is just incredible. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Not your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven. <laughs> Some commentators suggest that as Jesus was talking about this, that in view would have been the city of Safed. And we've actually got a picture of it. So this is the city now. It looks pretty cool, eh? Now, it was located at an elevation of 900 metres, or 2,953 feet. And Safed is the highest city in Galilee, and in actuality, all of Israel. So as they're sitting, he's pointing it out to them, and they're looking at it, and they know the city, because it is mentioned in historical texts as one of the five elevated spots where fires were lit to announce the new moon and festivals. You know, it was Jesus' hope that as every time they looked and saw the fires lit in that place, that they would be reminded that as the Holy Spirit starts a fire within us, people can start to see a beacon of hope on the horizon. You know, the last long weekend after church, um, we took the Boltons camping. So Kadeen, who was here before, and her husband Mark and their two kids. And um, Now, in Mark's own words... You don't go camping in Jamaica because it is a surefire way to end up on the missing persons list. But they wanted to embrace Kiwi culture and just a shout out, they're an awesome family to go camping with and they're looking for more families to do that kind of stuff. But it was a new experience for you guys, wasn't it? <laughs> it was lots of fun. They did a great job of having no arguments when they packed down the tents. <laughs> um, but in the midst of it, because it was their first experiences, I wanted it to be really awesome for the kids. We were also worried, and thank you for all of those that knew we were going and were deeply concerned about how cold it was going to be. I was genuinely worried I was going to freeze the Jamaicans to death, but by the grace of God, it was far warmer than we thought. But I got the, went to the like one, two, three dollar shop, and I got a couple of little torches for the kids. Because who knows when you go camping, that is one of like the best parts, is when you get to turn your torch on. And it was like mid to late afternoon when we arrived and I gave the torches to the kids and oh my goodness, they just thought they were the best things <laughs> ever. But of course it was still light and so these little, like honestly, they were $2 torches so you can just imagine the quality of light. You know, it wasn't particularly impressive <laughs> in mid-afternoon light and so we're like, wait till it gets dark. Just wait till it gets dark, guys. And then you look over and they've got the torch around again on again. You're like, no, no, just wait till it's dark. And then sure enough, it got dark. 
and their little $2 torches really came into their own. And they just thought these things were the best things ever. Like, I think it's the best four bucks I've spent in a long time. Like, Abby's sitting there eating her dinner with it, like, shoved up under her beanie as a new headlight, and we went for a walk, and they've got their torches, and they're showing around, and then the fun part, they get to hop into their sleeping bags, and they're doing everything by torchlight in the tent. And then it just reminded me that even the smallest light makes a big difference in dark places. And a couple of weeks later, when I saw them, and Abby shows me that she's still got her light, I had to apologize to her parents because it's now the thing that they take to bed on a regular basis. <laughs> and there was a little bit of a meltdown at one point when she lost it early, in, early hours of the morning, Akadeen. Sorry. Um, but, you know, Abby's showing me her light, and she's like, I'm like, I'm just surprised that thing is still going, right? <laughs> but she's like, the light's getting dim, the light's getting dim, you've got to close the door. And I thought about it, because I'm like, yeah, sometimes our lights do go dim. And we need to change the batteries, and we need to be charged up again. You know, the life lessons from a four-year-old. Sometimes when our light is getting dim, we need to recharge. Sometimes we need to change the batteries because we have the ability to change the things that fill us up. And we can recognize our need to be in his presence and focus again on what is most important. As Paul spoke to the early church in Rome, helping them to navigate all of the same things, he says to them, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer this morning, that we would allow the God of hope to fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him. That wherever we go, wherever he calls us, whoever we have the opportunity to stand and sit with in every circumstance, no matter what comes across our path, we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I thought it was over. I thought it was done. But you always have the last word. And the last word is love. If we get to carry that incredible hope to the people that are around us in times and seasons when they think that it is done, when they think that it is over, when they think that their mistakes are too much, that they are unredeemable, that they can never not carry the shame of their past, we get to carry the incredible hope of Jesus. Team, would you like to come back up? You know, this morning as we worship, I want us to kind of hit pause on everything else in our lives and allow him to fill us all again. Don't be inhibited by what you think anyone else is going to think of you in this space. But pray that he will fill you to overflowing and trust that you can then carry light into dark places. Now, I just felt as I was preparing this as well, there's some people in this space this morning 
and in some dreams and some circumstances that if you were to honestly reflect and think about it, you'd go, yeah, I think it's over. I think that's done. But I really honestly believe that God wants to breathe hope back into some of those things this morning. And if you'd allow him, if you'd open yourself up, he's going to resurrect some of those dreams. He's going to give you hope again that some of those circumstances can change. And it's not something that we can do in our own strength. But just like we don't have the power to instantaneously warm up a room or walk away with a lingering sense of it's going to be okay. It's only the Holy Spirit that can do that. And you don't necessarily even need to have all the feelings, right? To surrender it to Him and for the Holy Spirit to do something significant in your life. But it starts with a willingness. There's a bit of a surrender. There's that letting go. And going, Lord, will you set that fire again? Will you help me be a beacon of light in dark and lonely, broken places? And I know many of your worlds. I know what you guys are walking into this week. And I know that your heart's desire is to do that. So I just want to create a space for you guys just to go, okay, Jesus, will you fill me again? Will you recharge the batteries? Will you help me to maybe switch what it is that's charging me up? Yeah, would you stand? I'd love to pray for you this morning. every eye is closed and that's the space if, if that's you where you feel like there's some dreams and some circumstances where you've gone I think it's over I think that's done uh, would you just maybe lift your hands just so I know who I'm praying for and just as an act of response in this space I just want to pray for you Jesus we thank you for the healing power to be able to speak hope again. Lord, I think of the examples that you've given us throughout Scripture where, Lord, you are not limited by the confines that we put on you. But Jesus, you are the one that can breathe life into dry bones where it looks like there are just dead things time and time again. God, you are the one that breathes resurrection life into it. And Father, right now we pray for dreams and we pray for circumstances where everything within our hearts would say, it is over, it is done, there is no coming back from this. But Jesus, and Lord, we pray to the way maker, the one that parts the seas, the one that is not defined by even our imaginations. Lord, we pray over these situations. Lord, that you will meet these people in these places. Lord, I pray that you will speak hope. You will speak wisdom. You will speak peace over them. Father, I pray that you will fill them with an unshakable faith to go after everything that you have placed on their hearts, Lord. 
And God, we pray that it will be for a kingdom purpose. Lord, we pray that they will grow and they will testify to your goodness, to your faithfulness, that you are the God who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. Lord, they will know your presence. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, I pray in this moment that, Father, you will fill us again with your presence. Lord, our heart's desire is to be that beacon of hope that people can look to and see from a distance that something significant has started in our hearts. And that it will be an announcement to those around us that the kingdom of God is near. And that there is incredible hope to be found in Jesus. In your mighty name.